0: (laughs) Today's episode of Bandology is brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a great one-spot go-to for uploading and distributing your podcast across the internet. They'll take care of putting your show up on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and dozens of other smaller services that you probably don't even know about. All you have to do is set up an account, which is free, and Anchor also... Also, also, we'll set you up with sponsors so you can do ads like this one to start earning money on your podcasts right away. So check it out, Anchor.fm. And if you're just looking to stream podcasts, download their app from your app store of choosing. That's Anchor.fm or the Anchor Podcast app. Check it out, spread the word, and enjoy Spotify. I mean Anchor. I mean Bandology.
1: Particle Man, Particle Man.
2: Welcome, you wonderful listeners, back to Bandology. To this is episode 11 the with They Might Be Giants, part 2. We're talking tiny tunes here, not animaniacs. I'm still super embarrassed by that. I'm your co host, John Sheena. Mike is away in Arizona at the moment. We're going to continue our conversation with Richie. Who is our first guest host if you haven't checked they might be giants part one please go back and check it out we're having just too much fun so we had to split this episode up into two parts so let's continue with uh richie we're about to talk about the album flood uh which i think a lot of you might have already heard before so let's continue our conversation universe
1: man usually kind to smaller man universe man he's gotta watch with a minute
2: how old are you again, personally? When, when you when you in Seventh you're grade. Nimble? That's a big time for That's shaping your who mm-hmm. you are as a. As an so you went down visiting your cool older cousin from the city.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I had a, I had a cool older cousin. Cool from, from out of New Haven. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there was always stuff coming up on the holidays that I would get turned on. Yeah,
3: and it's funny too because my cousin Judd, he's not particular. He's not like tapped into music. He doesn't necessarily know and he doesn't remember this at all you know, <laughs> just a like it's totally yeah. foundational anecdote for me but I think it's really sweet that he in seventh grade he was like I think I think my cousin would like this tape I'm just gonna give it to her and he was so right like yeah. so powerfully right <laughs> he saw me <laughs> so flood 1989 is flood on Electras. So this album went platinum oh okay it's a huge album and so let's listen to Birdhouse in Your Soul, which I think at this point, a lot of people have heard this song like they know this song. This song went to number three on the modern rock chart, and this is what it sounds like.
1: Friend, but really I'm not your friend, but I am in the by the light switch over you Make a little birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. Make a little birdhouse in your soul I have a secret to tell A buster vigilantly, my name is Blue Canary. One note spelled L I T E. My story's infinite, like the Longines Symphony. It doesn't rest. Blue Canary in the other by the light switch. Who watches over you? Make a little bird house. your soul, not to put too fine a pine on it. My primitive ancestry, which stood on rocky shores and kept the beaches shipwreck free. Though I respect that a lot. I'd be fired if that were my job. After killing Jason off and countless screaming Argonauts, New Bird of friendliness, like Argent Angels dance. i
3: So that was a huge hit what do you think of it
0: i don't remember that have, i mean you're I not familiar been, with that you were giving that your full attention
2: yeah i will say that production wise it sounds the same as the last album uh now really? that they're on now that they're on a major label i didn't see too much of a difference it's what?
3: not a huge change but i feel like i could tell that it's like a bigger production it's bigger. yeah it's like i don't know
0: maybe they didn't really improve their gear so much but they were definitely working with a studio and a producer that was able to like make them sound a bit bigger. And but
3: you're right that the core like the heart of the band has is unchanged. It's
0: still just the two of them.
3: Yeah although hmm, I would have to look at the liner notes. They might have hired. There might be like some studio musicians involved. But it still sounded involved. like
0: that was like a drum machine on that song.
3: Yeah definitely. And like a midi yeah. trumpet yeah. solo and stuff.
2: I love the song. I didn't mean to just jump in and diss on it. <laughs> I did love the song and I, I realized that like I think i have a master of key changes yes they're really great they're really at like, good at it it's yeah fun. key change always really emotionally totally pulls at you mm-hmm. it's a push and pull
3: yeah so then we're finally getting to your um cartoons that you've <laughs> been talking
2: about. you and your cartoons <laughs>
3: so they also had these and i didn't ever see these because like i said i didn't have television growing up
0: but oh wait i need to actually go in and to do an edit. It wasn't Animaniacs. It was it's Tiny, Tiny Toons, right? Tiny Toon okay. Adventures.
2: No, it was Animaniacs. No, it wasn't. It's Animaniacs
0: was a couple years after Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny Toon Adventures was all the uh, like the oh. little the little kid re-envisionings of uh, all the classic Warner Brothers characters.
2: It was.
3: I knew that it was Tiny Toons, but when you said Animaniacs, because I grew up without TV, I'm always very <laughs> uptight <laughs> that I don't know. So I was like, he must be right. Oh my and God, it, I'm not going to say anything. Those two shows were like back. Oh, i pretty
0: wrong. much right <laughs> on top of each other and very... They were very similar in the they overlap so much thematically and stylistically that definitely they look similar
3: is Animaniacs the cat yeah it's like
0: the they kind of have like that um, 1920s look yeah you can't really tell what kind of animals they are they just have like the white faces and the long like Felix the
3: cat or not Felix um crazy cat yeah right okay
0: so they just have like you know long snouts and red noses and like white spaces over their eyes they could be skunks cats.
3: but then tiny tunes is the girl who's like holding creatures yeah. too hard
2: you're right it was tiny tunes yeah that's yeah. all I, I know forgot her with the skull on her little <laughs> okay oh my god <laughs> i stand corrected i'm off no wrong. <laughs>
3: it's totally fine i don't know what i'm talking about either so istanbul and particle man had these like cartoons cartoons same videos, album videos same album okay so this is flood so let's listen to Istanbul. Now, I truly do think everyone knows this song.
0: And this is this also isn't an original composition. This is no an right. old um, this is like a swing era song. It's is is. a cover?
3: It's a cover. Yeah, it get out. Oh shoot. Who wrote I'm it? Slapping my knee. It starts with an F. You're slapping your knee. Get out of here. Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved watching Tiny Tunes, which I watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I loved. It was probably the most memorable thing of that whole show. Was these might be. Giant See, that songs. was that's
0: interesting because in seventh grade, I accidentally vandalized the <laughs> pool of one of my friends, uh-huh. and I got severely grounded. And I couldn't watch TV or listen to my heavy metal tapes for <laughs> months and months because that was all to blame.
3: Oh, man.
0: And um, this was like probably the last episode of Tiny Tune Adventures I saw before I got grounded. Oh, it's burned on your brain. So that was just like the lasting impact of that show. Wow. wow. It's like the, the, <laughs> This, these two like weird quirky music videos. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. This is something great. And then.
3: So it is a cover of a Four Lads song The Four Lads um, And I'm going to play it From 1953 This is The Four Lads Oh cool, thank you
1: Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone, old Constantinople still is Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople. So if you but they in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul.
3: It's pretty straight ahead cover, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's that like 50s exotica stuff yeah, with I'm the I'm like just, pentatonic ooh i have a Eastern. pandora
0: playlist called atomic age frat party uh, i'm gonna have to add these guys to, totally. the, to the artist list
3: so here's the cover they might be giants. cover
1: Did better that way Take me back to Constantinople No, you can't go back to Constantinople Been a long time gone Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the church liked it better that way. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul. My Constantinople Been a long time gone. Constant. And Opal, wide, a Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's cool, business but is this about the Turks.
2: <laughs> um,
3: It's a fun song, yeah?
2: It's the best, I'm having a really good time. That is a, lot. That is a really
0: fun song. It's yeah. fun. I think that song is really what was the impetus for me to actually buy that CD.
3: I'm sure that was true for a lot of people, yeah. You're like, what is this weird song that's weirdly compelling and yeah. exotic? It's yeah. like weird sounds that I haven't heard before. Okay, so that song was this big hit and was this Tiny Tunes video and then also Particle Man, which you talked about earlier. And again, I just draw your attention to vocabulary. The vocabulary, I just, when I was preparing for this podcast, I went back and listened to some of my favorite songs and I was just like making note of all the words that I remember finding interesting as a child from listening to these, like um, a boreality, spurned, (laughs) you know, the song we're gonna talk about in a minute called Mammal is just like, big chunks of it are just lists of mammal names. I think Particle Man has Millennium, Eon, you know these cool time words. I yeah, was like, as a kid, I was like, like "Ooh, concepts. what do these, what do these mean?" And also before, you know, when I only had the cassette, not even with the liner notes, so I didn't even have access to lyrics. So a lot of my experience was like, "What are they saying in this part?" Like oh, I really want to so parse all of these. I remember yeah. sitting at my desk at home and like writing out the lyrics to songs, and rewinding and like stopping Whoa, and listening that's and a cool story. getting them really wrong.
0: I used to do that with Rush.
3: Did you?
2: That's cool. <laughs> not, not as a cool. Not as cool story.
3: That's, <laughs> That's so cool. Are you kidding me? Well,
2: listening to Nirvana was my huge one, and I couldn't oh, understand totally. what yeah. he was saying.
3: Oh, yeah, totally. never. Famously, you S- can't. Still, I can't. Yeah. Okay, can, yeah. here's Particle Man, which is
1: silly. Let's do it. Okay.
3: Particle Man, Particle Man,
1: doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle Man, is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Or does the water get dim instead? Nobody knows. Particle Man. Triangle Man. Triangle of the Entire Universe Man Usually kind to smaller man Universe Man He's got a watch with a minute hand Millennium hand, energy on hand And when they beat, it's a happy land Powerful man, Universe Man Person Man, Person Man Hit on the head with a frying pan Lives his life in a garbage can Person Man, is he depressed or is he a man? Does he feel totally worthless? Who came up with person man? Degraded man, person man.
3: That's Particle Man.
2: I just really want to say real quick, or ask a question. I mean, I love that song, and listening to it with a fresh ear, it's amazing. But is there like a polka? Do they
3: have? Oh yeah, lots they... of polka in there. Because John linnell plays the accordion. You're gonna sound like polka.
2: Is there like a Polish background, or in either of them? I'm just curious. I don't curious. think so. Yeah, like that's the accordion. Like
0: that's just... like the nerdy trope—is that the nerd plays the accordion? Yeah. We, of
3: course, should have talked about the accordion when we were talking about why they're perceived as nerdy. I mean, one of them plays an accordion on the stage. Yeah.
0: And listening to it now and hearing it, it's like, oh, yeah, like when I was a little kid, I really loved Weird Al Yankovic. Totally. And then it's like, oh, here's this other band that's doing accordion-based pop music that's nerdy and fun, Mm -hmm. but it's... It's a smarter. It's mm-hmm. a little... It's it's on a different... Le- it's not just comedy music.
2: Right. That's when I was asking the question, who else is doing this? Weird Al.
3: Weird Al right. is a co- accordion. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, and even singing style, they're, su- yeah, they're there's, Weird Al adjacent.
0: Yeah, he has that nasally, mm-hmm. the higher register nasally voice. Mm-hmm.
2: But there's no like... They grew up in a Polish background kind of story. I don't to think so. I, don't, I didn't hear that in the WTF either. Mm-mm. It's just hitting me now. It's Lincoln Mass. I, I mean, what's Oh, real quick. I'm sorry I'm hogging the mic, but mm-hmm. I grew up in Framingham, Mass. Mm-hmm. And the only two big bands where they might be giants were from around there and Fish. Oh, right. <laughs> and, I, and I will have pride now that the might be giants are from around where I grew up. So totally. I'm definitely... Um, already gonna ruin my last word and say that i'm i'm very excited to kind of delve into this band now i'm
3: so glad i i'm really glad to have brought them to you in a different way okay so every song on flood is a total banger if you
2: ask me
3: (laughs) i can listen to every song over and over again so
2: should this be the first album to dive into if you're a first-time listener i would definitely say so there was there was
0: a period when i had like a short list of albums that I would give to my teenage child mm-hmm. at like 7th grade and it was like Flood The Cure's Disintegration
1: Nice.
0: I, I can't remember the other ones but those were the two that I was just like this is what you need to listen to through high school. That's so good. But now I'm also like at 40 and I'm just like um, I don't know how much I'm like dad's cool music is really dad's cool music.
2: <laughs> so your daughter's two, two and a half now Yeah. when she turns 13 would you give her a Flood?
0: If it's seemed at all applicable I mean I could also see someone that like you know a dad that was a little bit younger than mine was because my dad was like way older my dad was like 45 when I was born so by the time I was 13 he was almost 60 mm. but like I could see like a dad being like oh you're some Led Zeppelin could <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know yeah. if that's that's like the you know the analogies are there. I don't know how, never how that's know, and feel. it
3: changes too. Like sometimes it's not the right time and then another decade passes and suddenly it right. feels right again. I don't know.
2: I feel like Flood and the style of They Might Be Giants, it's so kid friendly. I know that they're doing kid, kid songs now, but mm-hmm. I feel like you could play this for any kid at any point. For
3: sure. I mean, it's very wholesome music. Yeah, That's the thing. And maybe one of the distinguishing markers from a band like Ween. Like this is very wholesome. There's no <laughs> swears there's no creepy <laughs> sex stuff there's I'm no cracking
2: because ween is wholesome <laughs> yeah exactly right it's like not
3: not wholesome it's very wholesome and I think that they um, that that's always sort of been a feature of them like in that WTF episode they talk about like their moms coming to see them play and at these weird crusty punk clubs in New York and stuff and <laughs> they just strike me as wholesome guys and for sure any of their albums would be <laughs> appropriate for children whatever that means. But they aren't all children's song I, songs. I also don't want to sell them as that because they have, you know, other kinds of stuff. Like here's a, another song. I'll just play a bit of "Off Flood" that I think is so good.
1: When the ship runs out of ocean and the vessel runs aground, lands where we know the boat is found. Now there's nothing unexpected but the water giving out. Lands not a word we have to shout. But there's something beside the shoreline moving across the beach and coming up from the shipwreck, making as if to save women and men.
2: Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're trying to say that's not kids' music?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I said it's all appropriate for kids, but it isn't all, like, goofy particle man. Oh, okay, I see. fun cartoon stuff.
2: You know, hearing that, they should make a musical.
3: Oh, I know, they'd make a great
1: musical. They'd make a great musical. They'd make make such a good musical, it's true.
3: So then there's Apollo 18, which I have a really strong memory of discovering in the record store, like we were talking about, like, oh my god, what is this? (gasps) I didn't know this existed. Yes, exactly. Please buy it for me, buy it for me. And Apollo 18, the cover is space. It's like in space with a sperm whale fighting a giant squid. And based solely on the cover image, they were named the Ambassadors for International Space Year <laughs> that year, <laughs> which is a very 90s sounding concept. It was a year-long global celebration of space cooperation and discovery. <laughs> it was endorsed by the UN, promoted by every global space agency, and like NASA selected them just because someone at NASA saw this album cover, it was like, "We'll get those cool guys." Support, support space. <laughs> this is
0: appropriately. Yeah, <laughs> Well, can we use this for? The first man or Astro Man album.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it all kind of fell apart. Like, it space international space year ended up not really being a thing. But I still think that's funny. And Apollo 18 is notable for a number of reasons. But you were talking earlier. How were we talking about CD? Oh, hidden tracks on yeah. CDs. So Apollo 18 has the Fingertip suite. Do you know about it? No. So it's a series of songs and they are let me see how many there are. It's twenty one songs, but total is only four and a half minutes.
2: Is this like a Abbey Road kind of
3: kind of, yeah. yeah. But their their premise was this was when the shuffle feature just got invented.
1: Oh. And so cool. their
3: vision was that you would put Apollo eighteen <laughs> in your CD player and hit shuffle. And so then all of the normal songs would be <laughs> interspersed with these little like 15 second songs. <laughs> and the fingertips suite, it sounds, it's things like this.
1: Everything is catchy, yes. Everything is on the fire. Yeah.
3: And like that's the whole thing. <laughs> and then it's the second one.
1: Fingertips. Fingertips, fingertips.
3: That's it. That's it. Yeah, and it's all. This one's really cute. Who is that standing out
1: my window? <laughs> <laughs> it's silly.
2: You know, all the all the musicians that we choose to cover, I keep coming to like this prolificness. Mm-hmm. I knew they had a lot of albums.
3: Yeah. Super prolific, but
2: as songwriters, these guys are super prolific.
3: Yeah, and Fingertip mm-hmm. Suite feels like it's just a bunch of ideas that like never turned into full songs. That they're like, actually, let's just record. All they're this. very
0: yeah. They might be giants were very much of that like micro composition. Totally. Like period. I mean, as they got into their major label stuff, it seems like maybe the touring schedule and the expectations of what albums should be forced them to kind of focus mm-hmm. on writing more you know standard songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than the freedom they had on their earlier stuff Totally. Yeah, they kept that they kept that kind of spirit alive as yeah. much as they could.
2: Did they ever get into like jingle writing?
0: Like, no
3: but they did a lot of a lot of their music comprised this soundtrack for Malcolm in the middle the
2: TV show oh yeah and they wrote the theme song they did and we're not the boss of me no. yeah. you know what I forget That's that. so funny yeah. i forget that too and i love that song yeah and i love that show and
3: their their songs are peppered throughout that show and I, I saw an interview with them a long time ago where they were like yeah you know now our fans are all middle-aged and are like studio executives and so <laughs> we get these phone calls that are like hey do you want to he want like a trillion dollars to do this theme song and then he was being really like cute and generous about it and humble he was like so we'd be like oh you know what what's the show about we need to make sure the theme song matches and then whatever we sent them they were just they were just like it's so the network execs couldn't believe that they were talking to the two johns <laughs> who they loved when they were 15 it's really cute So, Fingertip sweet. So the thing is, you were supposed to hear it on shuffle, like these interspersed throughout the album, but I never, and I'm sure a lot of people, never listened to the album that way. So then what ended up happening once you listened to this album of like normal They Might Be Giant song, Songs and then it ends with this four and a half minute fingertip suite, and they actually sound so cool back to back. These snippet songs, one after the other, and they're experimenting with with genre and style too. Like there's really silly ones like this one. Please pass the milk, please. Please pass the milk, please. Please pass the milk, please. Then it goes please. into. <laughs> it's so fun. Wow, so. Wow. Apollo 18 is great. There's some great songs on it, and then here is where you might hear an actual like big production shift because after Apollo 18, they have this album John Henry 1994. This is one of my favorite. They might be. Doing song. Don't bother to call
1: this room. To the rocket By coughing at the airport By limping to the taxi By throwing back the bucket down the withered
3: land What do you notice?
0: That's a rock band playing. Yeah, it's a yeah. rock
3: band. <laughs> this is their first full band album. I think,
0: I'm trying to remember back to when that album came out yeah 94 that was the same time as like rem's monster mm, mm-hmm. and a lot of like old canon of alternative rock alternative rock. just go it's like having like these big huge records that
2: pumpkin's uh double album
0: oh yeah melancholy, melancholy and the M- infinite M- yeah, sadness yeah yeah but even that they were that was really their big breakout record mm. that was like their third album that was their huge breakout
3: rem is like old. yeah REM like you know
0: through the 80s mm-hmm. or um sonic youth had experimental Set, 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 trash and no star Mm -hmm. so it's like oh this is when the older bands are doing crappy records Uh it was kind of like that kind of was the feel of that album i forgot about that because i was like what happened between Mm -hmm. apollo 18 and the album from like 97 that i really love that i can't remember the name of
3: it's this big full band and it was you know it was received fan responses were mixed Because if you've been listening to this band since the late 80s and their weird drum machine and synths and stuff, then they just sound like this huge rock band. A lot of people didn't like it. I... You know, this is still when I was a kid and I wasn't very discerning. I just thought everything they did was really cool. But it was a very self conscious switch that they had yeah. angst about, right? Like, let's have a full band. As the title, John Henry, is like a metaphorical reference to that. Because the myth of John Henry is the man versus the machine, you know, like oh, the, the guy really who can, cool. the sledgehammer guy. Yeah. Like I, think
2: the,
0: I think the name and how uh, heavily allegorical it was was a little bit off-putting to me. too. Yeah, I could see that. Because it was kind of like that sense of whimsy was kind of dithering away and they were just becoming like, oh, okay, now we're doing like this big Americana rock record. and We're doing like this very tangible historical figure.
3: For sure. Although, it's very historical but I feel like very in keeping with this other song Meet James Inzor. Meet James (laughs) Yeah, that was the good (laughs) song. I remember that song and I I love that song a lot. This is like just... Went to Central T M B G. Meet James
1: and Saw, Belgium's famous painter. Dig him up and shake his hand. Appreciate the man. Before there were junk stores. Before there was junk. He lived with his mother and the torment.
3: song They did a song about About a famous painter They did a song Like a,
0: a history song About an American president Yes too. I'm gonna play
3: that one Was that on this album No or it's was that, on the next album That was on the next album I think We this can was, skip to that one This
0: was also the era Of uh bmg music for me totally so it was like you were able to get like eight cds oh for i like got in so much cents. trouble
3: yes <laughs> my parents were like what are you doing like i kept because you <laughs> it'd be like you send them a penny and they send you 10 cassettes and then my i remember my mom trying to explain so in so much frustration like yes but then you have to buy more you're you're obligated to continue buying them at full price and i was like no just don't buy them and she was like no <laughs>
0: My friend had a great one where he he did that uh, one summer. He was he he took a break from college, and he did the CMG CMJ scam where he just sent it in with a fake name.
3: Oh yeah, I did that too. It's so funny to think about kids all across America just being like, "I'll write down John Cheese." <laughs> and, when <laughs> I I at, and when I was working,
0: when I was working at uh, Turn It Up, a couple of the guys had moved out here from like Boston. They went to like you know the art schools out there. And they're like, you get Columbia House packages yeah. from people that hadn't lived in the building for like... Yes. Sometimes we just open them and keep them. Sometimes we would like return it. It's like a Michael it.
3: Bolton album. And you're yeah. like, cool. they
0: are like, all right, whatever. I'll bring it down to the new <laughs> stop and sell this.
3: I love... I really love thinking about that era
0: of music. But that's also like how disposable the commodity was it's at that true. point.
3: Yeah, it's true. So that is John Henry. And I'll play a teeny bit of this really sweet song that isn't silly at all. It's actually just really sad. It's the last song on the album and it's called The End of the Tour and it sounds like someone just sad that they have been on tour for so long.
1: If there's any more people around When the tour runs aground And if you're still around Then we meet at the end of the tour The engagements are both through the end of the world So we need at the end of the tour This was the vehicle, these were the people You opened the door and expelled all the people
3: Sweet. yeah
0: I also like the sentiment that she's complaining about the scene being over it's mm-hmm. just I, I think that's like kind of I think that's like the generation X carryover into yes. the millennials is uh. it's the growing old not mm-hmm. really knowing how to let go of your youth and step into maturity and it's just like yes. the scenes just over yeah it isn't what it used to be and it's right. like well the perspectives are different
3: yeah Aww. and you're
0: kind of annoyed by the new kids that are around yeah.
3: But also the scene, the industry changes and the world changes sure. and people's values change and I, and you get alienated, you know. Sure. The Chateaubriand wrote that an old man dies a foreigner in his own land.
0: Well, I, I've heard that, like that quote <laughs> at some point. Isn't it good? Yeah. Like
3: you've lived there all your life, but by the time you're 70, you're just like, where what am is, I? What is this? Who are all these people? I don't understand memes.
2: I was having such a fun time with all these songs, and now <laughs> I'm really <into laughs> so, that was calling.
3: so then, after that, Factory Showroom is 1996, and with one song exception, this is the last album that I like, you know, engaged in. This is when I first saw them live. I was finally in college, and I would go see them at this really cool club in Portland called La Luna, that isn't there anymore. And finally, I'm in college.
0: Finally, I could see my favorite band. Uh, This is this. I saw them on this tour too when they were in Hampton. Yeah,
3: with the big band and the horn section. Yeah, like
0: the four-piece horn
3: section. So good. And so they have this big horn section. Like it's so fun. And I don't care how (laughs) punk you are. When you're in a club and like a live horn section starts playing, you are stoked.
1: S E X X Y. More than enough Around the clock With nobody else S-X-X-Y There she is Standing on the bed Cookie in X X Y X because it's extra, baby. Why? Because it's extra, baby. I'm noticing you, very, very few that includes you. Look inside your mind Look inside your
2: Is this your favorite band, Wimpy Giants-ish?
3: At this time? Yeah. Yeah.
2: How was the expectations of the the show?
3: Enormously high. And I also had a disastrous experience at the first, I think the first or second time I saw them at La Luna in college because I worked for our dinky little college radio station and I got to interview them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the
0: plot thickens. Aren't interviews like so wonderfully awkward when you don't know how how to handle it? Awful.
3: Well, and I interviewed only John Linnell. And I did such a a truly bad job. Like I did no research, no preparation. And I was just like telling everybody, I'm going to meet John Linnell. And everyone was like, who's that? And I was freaking out. And he was so generous and gracious. And I was such a like, I've never been starstruck before. It's the only time in my life that I've met a famous person and felt like I was visibly trembling. Like you could see my body ever. vibrating under my clothes. And he was clearly just tired. He's like in the middle of a tour. He had coffee, he, w- he had his glasses up on his in, on his head. And I was like, oh, oh. and I brought this like totally unprofessional tape recorder, like a huge <laughs> cassette deck that I used to record. And I just like asked him the dumbest questions and he was pretty nice. And then he got kind of mad when I asked him something about Elvis Costello. And I was like, um, <laughs> no, I didn't mean anything, you know, and so freaked out. Uh, so that was really bad. But my expectations were really high, and I ended up having a lot of fun. Another thing you might not think about, they might be giants, at least at that era or, you know, at least at that club, is that shows were intense. Like at one of those shows, I had to get pulled out of the pit by security because I was Whoa. like getting crushed. Like it's, it's fun, everyone's dancing, sweating, uh, you know, not moshing, that would oh, yeah. be weird, but getting really crushed, and it was fun.
0: Factory Showroom was like the real... Yeah. That was like the funky record, too.
3: Really funky, yeah, yeah. But also has that, that stupid James K. Polk song on it. Um, <laughs> here, let's play that. I wasn't going to play it, but...
1: In four short years, he met his every goal. He seized the whole Southwest from Mexico. Mexico. made sure the tariffs fell and made the english sell the oregon territory he built an independent treasury having done all this he sought no sacrifice
3: That is truly nerdy.
0: It's interesting because it seems like that song seems to be the transition point of where they get into doing, like, this is what children's music could be. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's uh, have a song
3: about how the sun works. That's very scientifically accurate, but that's like a fun song. Right.
2: So this song about presidents is on the funky record with the horns. Yes. Yes.
3: That's why I'm saying it's funny.
2: And that you went to the show and people losing their shit yeah. over this oh, song. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're in Oregon, and they mispronounced Oregon in the song. <laughs> and they at the beginning of the song, John Linnell was like, Yeah, I know, everybody <laughs> would say it wrong. And then when he got to that line in the, in the song, he really leaned into it the Oregon <laughs> territory and we were all like
1: fuck yeah <laughs>
3: this is amazing yeah it was sick it was like people crowd surfing I, I also <laughs> remember
0: um, seeing bands around the late 90s and early 2000s that were from like the northwest and they would always talk about how like the northwest crowds were like way like they got down way more oh, than like New England cool. crowds like New England crowds oh, were more makes- like look here don't dance yeah people from New England don't it's like They're weird. Different cultures. Yeah.
2: To describe Mike making a pause there, he crossed his (laughs) arms. Yeah, (laughs) I did the arms crossed, (laughs) like nodding the head. Yeah, this is good. The West
3: Coast, East Coast is really, it's so different. Coming here from the West Coast has just been, I'll never feel, I like it, but I'll never feel like I totally get how people relate to each other out here. That's okay. (laughs) Everybody's different. Another thing we haven't talked about with They Might Be Giants is they have a lot of like, anthemic songs, you know what I mean? Where you're like-, like Big
0: swells big at the swells. choruses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So there's some of those on this. They also, I mean, this is extremely nerdy. On that same album, they recorded a song on an Edison wax cylinder. Get out. Which that you do without electricity. Yes, like I remember
0: that, yeah, I was gonna, I was thinking of this song when we were talking about the Diala the Dial- songs. I did oh, not totally.
2: know you were such a big fan, Mike. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you
3: know
0: spent, a lot. I spent a lot of time listening to mm-hmm. like their first like six or seven records.
3: So this is that recorded without electricity isn't that fun
1: i can hear you by they might be giants made at the edison laboratory Two, three, i can hear you just barely hear you i can just barely hear away from the car this car is protected by viper. it's
3: fun too because you know you can't edit or anything you just the whole band plays the song and that's what's recorded
2: oh, it's so good they have a tuba on there too mm-hmm. it just fits so perfectly with that sound. you have to like be spatially placed
0: with the microphone exactly oh, Totally. exactly yeah.
3: so i think we should close with dr worm do you love Dr. Worm? Yeah.
0: Dr. Yeah. Worm was such a good song.
3: It's so good. It's off severe tire damage, which is an album. I otherwise wasn't.
0: Yeah. That was the last record of theirs that I was really into. That one had like, was that the one that had the great picture on the back of like the sinkhole in Hoboken where there was that a, refri- right. or there was a refrigerator like underwater in the street. Yeah. <laughs> This was the era of when, like, my rinky-dink college radio station would get, like, five copies of everything. Yeah. So I would get one. My girlfriend would get one. Like, one other kid at the station would take one home. And then we'd actually leave one in the station for everyone to play.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So this apparently has... Why does the sun shine? Like, I think they took the EP version. They took... It has... Is this a compilation album, actually?
0: I think it might be.
3: I think Severe Tire Damage, this is why I, was, I wasn't that into it, is because I already knew all these songs. This is a compilation album with this one new song, Dr. Worm, and then some weird stuff at the end that's like them doing joke riffs on 1950s movies. But it has this great song, Dr. Worm.
1: I'm Doctor Worm. I'm interested in things. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I am an actual worm. I live like a worm, and I like to play the drums. I think I'm getting good, but I can handle criticism. I'll show you what I.
0: We saw them on this tour yeah. and i remember when they're doing like i'm getting better on the drums that was like yeah they, they... broke and he did like a little like, yes
3: yes and everyone cheers goofy, goofy <laughs> drum solo i love that song so much it's so cute and charming but then the attention to like realistic detail in the song it's so silly like he's a okay i'm not a real doctor but i am a real worm i'm an actual worm like he wants you to know he knows it's <laughs> weird but he is truly a worm. But then it's so fantastical, this worm playing the drums. That but I'll leave sense. the front door open because I the hear their doorbell. Because I can't hear the doorbell, like something a real drummer would say. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. And he like really wants you to tell him if you think he's getting better.
0: <laughs> there was always something about this song that was just so earnest and yeah, sweet that would so sweet. kind of
2: like make me tear up a little bit. I
3: know. I feel the same way.
2: Earnest is a really good adjective for this band.
3: Yeah, they're earnest. Even when they're, they are also funny, but they're earnest in their funniness somehow. They aren't ironic.
2: No, definitely not. Yeah. Ween is ironic. Ween is ironic. Yeah. I like all the comparisons to Ween. It makes a lot of sense. It's I so know. funny to think you're like, oh, I was into Al Yankovic. Yeah. Then I was into They Might Be Giants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then I started smoking pot and got into Ween. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: that you perfectly described it. That I is- bet
3: a lot of people have that exact trajectory. Yeah. You know, I anyway, I don't have that much else to talk about.
2: I want to say thank you so much real quick for the listeners. I think the moment that when I met Richie and started to get to know you, uh, Phil Enrum from the microphones oh, from in Mount Erie yes. came into our town and and I, and I ran into him. I was like, oh, Phil's in town. And you're like, yeah, you he stay with me. Initially, I wanted to get you on the podcast <laughs> to talk about the microphones. Uh, and now here we are listening like, to Dr. Worm. But was this talk about song? They Might Be giant. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for... Uh, let's talk about something more fun. Yeah, more fun than... Uh, wow i i am i'm in such a great mood right now
3: it's fun isn't it so nice yeah i go years without listening to them now that i'm you know so many decades have passed but every time that i kind of return i activate some of those feelings it's it's, there is nostalgia but i also feel like i genuinely appreciate the like their project
0: i feel like that's tonight's after the daughter goes to bed project is going to be making a they Might Be Giants make CDs make a super super yeah. yeah, that's
2: really fun. And me one too because I, I definitely, I'm a fan now. I had no experience. I'll email it to you
0: because I know CDs. you don't have a CD player anywhere.
2: I have one oh. in the car. <laughs> it's good. I hope you like it. Wow, well, Richie, thank you so thank much. Thank you for having
3: me. This was really fun. No one ever wants to talk about They Might Be Giants with me.
2: I hope that uh, we'll figure out a way to do this again. Hopefully, sure, if you yeah. Have, if you had a good time.
3: Yeah, I had a great time. Wonderful. Thanks, you guys. It was really fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming in.
1: there's any more people around when the tour runs aground and if you're still around in the
2: so much fun thank you so much to mariana Ritchie for being our guest host for this episode of they might be giants and look out for her book coming soon called reinventing classical music i am so excited for this episode's recommendation this recommendation comes from a listener adam Fulta from durham north carolina adam contacted us after he heard our first episode on they might be giants and he sent us the song, Hire a Bird, by the band Think Tree. I know nothing about this weird song, but it does seem fitting to finish up this episode. So thank you, Adam. And any listeners, feel free to contact us anytime through SoundCloud or contactbandology at gmail.com. Thank you.
1: I To the deep blue sky The only way out is So you hire a bird to sing your song And you buy the two Star things off And you buy the word through lines of peace And you hope that she should Come the some She may never sing She may never show But you don't know She may never sing She may never show But you don't know She may never sing She may never show But you don't know